just need to commence, gents. Make a great plan, man. A real McCoy, Troy. Our three cents for free. Hello, and welcome to the inaugural recording of Our Three Cents. This is a, a kind of a spinoff, if you will, of Money Talks, a Hensler Financial production that uh, is aimed at talking to business owners, uh, potential business owners, uh, about their their business in general, uh, but more specifically about entry and exit strategies. Uh, most folks that, uh, that are going to listen and enjoy our show are going to do so because we have uh, lots of insight working with um, those who invest in privately held businesses. Uh, more often than not, we talk to uh, business owners, so the folks that are looking maybe to get out in the future. Um, but also, uh, you know, we have uh, lots of folks that are out there seeking those business opportunities. Uh, my name is Troy Harmon, and I'm joined today, as we will be in every instance, by Casey Smith and Nick Antonucci. Uh, just to give you a little background on who we are, um, I am a CFA charter holder. Chartered Financial Analyst is what CFA stands for. I also am a certified uh, valuation analyst, so I have one of the several designations that the SBA requires in order for uh, them to accept a business valuation on a privately held business. Uh, I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves. I, just out of uh, uh, experience in the field, been a uh, financial analyst for quite a few years now, almost 15 you're also a recovering business owner, aren't you? I am, yeah. I uh, I was a serial entrepreneur before I became a financial analyst and uh, started out when I was really too young and dumb to know what to do as a business owner, and uh, I survived it. Uh, when I was about 21, I got out of the Air Force and started my own business, and uh, that was repairing pneumatic and hydraulic tools, believe it or not, and turned that business into a uh, distributorship for similar tools. Uh, later on, sold the business. Uh, some would argue I gave it away. I would say that's probably pretty accurate. Uh, you live and you learn, and before you know it, you're an analyst trying to help others figure out just how to do that transaction. Uh, later went into trucking, where I sold to some partners. So, um, you so know, a serial entrepreneur, and you weren't selling like cereal. Yeah, no. Yeah, cinnamon I, Toast Crunch. I can't, okay. I can't help you out with your fruity cocoa puffs. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's who I am. I'm one of the few people you'll probably ever meet that's actually held a commercial driver's license and a CFA charter. Uh, it's that's got to put me in some really really think, narrow company. You don't yeah. run into do you have the CDL on your business card? I do not. No. Uh, well, if no. you ever need to add more letters to look more oh, yeah, I educated, could, there's your move. I could Troy. drive up in a tractor trailer, uh, yeah. which I have done for about seven hundred thousand miles. Believe that or not. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, it's impressive. Whole bunch of miles. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'll leave the rest to you guys. Go ahead. Well, I'm uh, K.C. Smith, and that is the initials, K.C., not Casey, as is often uh, (laughs) confused. But um, I am a CFP, a Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. I have to drop that 
last part in there for the CFP board. I always call it a certificate. Or certificate, either way. Oh, you can do Uh, either one. Yeah, you've got some flexibility there. All right. Um, So I'm kind of coming at this more from the financial planning side of things. Uh, In addition to that designation, I also hold a a CEPA, which is a Certified Exit Planning Advisor. Um, You know, Nick and I uh, are both... In that in that uh, distinguished group that helps business owners with planning for their exit and and thinking about how they're going to uh, step away from the business eventually when they decide to you know either retire or or, or sell their business or, or what have you so um, coming at it more like I said from a financial planning angle is a little bit different than Troy and Nick who are, are more on the financial analyst side um, because I'm you know we see business owners all the time on the planning side who think about uh, well, when we're doing their financial plans, we'll just ask them for a value of the business and they'll give one to us. And we kind of input that into the program without much thought about, you know, what does that mean after taxes? Are you going to get that as a lump sum? How is that going to translate when you actually do step away from the business? And oftentimes, as these guys will tell you, doing the, the valuation, what an owner thinks the business is worth may be dramatically different than what the business can actually bring in, in terms of wait, wait, wait a minute, Casey. I know, I know. You're calling somebody's baby ugly? I know, I know. Right well, here on our inaugural show, I, you're going to tell folks that their business is not what they thought. Well, maybe. He's we'll still be scared to do it to their face, though. Yeah, that's why I'm hiding behind this microphone. <laughs> that's, that's right. right. You can't reach from, him. Uh, that's right. But right. anyway, that's um, you know my background. I've, I've been with Hensler for pretty much my whole professional career, um, about 14 years now, and uh, you know been doing the financial planning thing for about nine or ten of those years. So um, definitely uh, having some experience working with uh, the financial planning side of things, and and work closely with uh, Nick and Troy uh, on you know client portfolios, but also um, more recently in this this venture of exit planning. That's right. Well, I'll, I'll wrap it up with the intros here. Uh, as Troy and Casey said, my name is Nick Antonucci. I've been with the firm as well for about 10 years um, on the research side of things. So assisting, you know, Troy in, in building your client equity portfolios, bond portfolios, certified valuation analyst, uh, certified exit planning advisor as well. And I think what I'm looking forward to about this podcast, guys, is, you know, you, you say exit planning advisor and people think automatically, oh, so you're going to help me sell my business. Well, there's plenty of young entrepreneurs out there, young sure. businesses um, that need exit planning early. It's not a, necessarily about you being ready to transact your business right now in three years and five years and 10 years even. It's about laying the groundwork and having you know the necessary procedures and overall understanding of your business and what adds value to it and what makes it you know an easier exit, sale, whatever that your exit plan may be in the end. When that time does come, and it's right. beyond, it, it, it actually goes beyond that. So, you know, Casey, you, you mentioned uh, you're going to exit the the business, you're going to sell it. What are your proceeds going to be? Well, beyond the financial aspect of it, what are you going to do with your life? Yeah, post exit. Great, point. you know. Yeah, and that's a lot of a lot of times what business owners don't think about. You know, they're so focused day to day just on running the business and trying to grow their revenue or, or grow their profit margins, whatever. which is all important stuff, extremely important. But at, at the end of the day, you know, if somebody decides to make the decision to exit, uh, they have to be ready for what it is that that next step looks like. I mean, it's not it's not dramatically different than somebody who's retiring from a normal job. The, the difference is you want to retire from a, a you know normal W-2 job. 
you know, what do you have to give like two weeks notice, maybe a month and then right. you kind of ride off into the sunset, sure. collect yeah. your pension if you have one or your 401k and roll that into an IRA, whatever. There's a lot more involved in trying to plan uh, for your exit from a from a business that you operate, and you know, if, especially if you want that business to continue and have the employees remain and and things like that. I mean, if it's a, it's a going concern. Then uh, there's a lot of planning that goes into that, and uh, planning is key. And and where this whole profession comes from, and the reason it, it exists is because what the data shows. So yeah. you can look back to a 2018 Georgia-specific survey of business owners. 47% of owners have done no planning at all. None whatsoever. 76% have no formal advisory board or transition team for the business, and 64% are not familiar with all their exit options. You know, that last one, the 64% not familiar with all their exit options. I think when I think about people exiting their business, what we deal with most frequently is business owners that are like, oh, here's what my business is worth. I'm going to sell it when, you know, when I'm ready to retire. Well, it's not, it's not that easy. And is it actually worth what you think it's worth? Yeah. Well, privately held businesses are not the most liquid thing. I mean, we talk about assets all the time and it's easy if you own a stock portfolio to go out and Sell it all. Uh, you can do that in a day, any day. Uh, you know, it just depends on whether the market's up or down and what kind of price you're going to get for it. And most people as an individual are not going to move the market when they sell their stocks. Right. Uh, selling a business, number one, you got to find a, a, a prospective owner. Right. Which is probably the most difficult portion, especially one that's going to have the financial capability to buy your business. After you get over the hump that they have to be interested in the business. Um, yeah, and the, the, the interest and the ability. There's plenty of people out there who would love right. to be a business owner or love to buy your business, but do they actually have the means to do so? Do yeah. they have the access to capital? Right. Yeah, and how and how does that translate in terms of, you know, where do the banking relationships come in and things like that? A lot of times it's a lot harder to get a, a loan to finance the purchase of a business Especially if you don't have any, you know, tangible assets that yeah. can be used as collateral. So well, that's all bank wants, right. right? The the bank wants to make sure that if something goes haywire, they can seize enough assets to pay off your your indebtedness to them at at any given point, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, and quite often, what do you find in a business? There's there's intrinsic value uh, in in certain assets, but there might not be tangible value in those assets. Right. I mean, let's face it, if you're using a truck to deliver goods, the operations actually are the service. Yep. The truck itself is probably worth significantly less than your business might be valued. Sure. But the uh, bank can't claim exactly. your business as an asset. The truck, it can. Right. Exactly. And I, I feel as though, you know, society as a whole, we're much more service-based than we are manufacturing-based as right. you've been in the past. And so our experience a lot of times in, in valuing businesses is, especially if an, an individual is seeking a, a loan to finance the purchase of part of a company or an entire company, is if it's services-based and there's not a lot of assets underlying the business, it's much more difficult to secure the financing Absolutely. for that transaction. Yeah. So so businesses aren't very liquid. I think we've more or less covered that. And there's a lot of reasons why. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you, you step into, uh, well, who would you sell the business to? If it's right. a family business or your family is even remotely interested in it, number one, you've cleared potentially a hurdle. 
Um, but do you just hand it off to the next generation and go to the house? You probably are going to want to be able to get paid for that business, even by the next generation. And how does right. that look? Yeah, and, and I mean, how how much of the business is based on you as the owner and your relationships and your you know, what you bring to the table as far as owning it? And when you step away, is the family or whoever is taking it over going to be able to operate that business? I mean, the, the statistics, which I don't have right in front of me, but in terms of transitioning from first to second generation it's staggering in terms of the success rate being right. you know very very low i think it's something like 30 percent of businesses succeed into the second generation and like sure. five to seven percent into the third yeah uh, so uh, if you have a family business that's been operating for more than three generations then you are among the very select right <laughs> few that that is able to do that successfully well casey since you already kicked it off and started calling people's baby ugly let's talk about the second generation yeah uh remember the movie tommy boy Oh, yeah. Tommy was the second generation, right? He was taking over the brake parts business. uh, And think about who he was. Was he fit to run the business? And uh, I I think most people would say, well, yeah, he was By the end of the movie, he was. Yeah. yeah. But there was no formal, you know, transition uh, education. No. He he had to learn on the job. Yeah. But uh, how often is that part of it? But, hey. if the founder's around, this brings up you. the perfect point, Troy. Absolutely. I'm glad you you brought up Tommy Boy because he, this wasn't a a planned transition, right? Right. Which we we have learned that most of the time or a lot of the time it isn't a planned transition. That's yeah, the it's almost, ideal. It's almost exactly way half to of do the it. Time that that businesses transition without you know being following the ideal path that the owner would have had them transition right if, so it was, if in fact they had slowed down to plan to begin with right exactly yeah, right. so the time boy scenario would fall under one of the what we refer to as the five d's that's death disability divorce disagreement and distress and and most individuals I'm glad don't you didn't f- say dismemberment I, <laughs> yeah. I thought that's the sixth one <laughs> as we well being, i think that would be Disability, death or disability. <laughs> yeah. I mean, depending. Not that it's funny, but no. Um, the sad thing is, quite often you don't get to plan. Right. You don't get the choice of when you exit. It's it's the one of these, and is you, that you exactly might, exactly. You might plan your your exit, and it gets kind of mucked up for some reason. Or if you're not planning, and and you've done absolutely no planning, if you're in part of that contingent, what was it sixty something percent that have had no planning at all? Right. And then one of these events happens. That could be potentially the end of the business without realizing any of the value. Right. And I think it's common for most individuals to be like, well, what would happen if I died? But most don't think beyond that. Uh, you know, how is your buy sell agreement for the business written as it Ooh, pertains to buy div- sell to, agreements? As We're it pertains, right I, don't, I don't mean to get that deep, but I'm just saying no, things I to mean, consider with divorce. You yeah. don't ever consider that. Oh well, should I get divorced? Does half of my ownership in the company, uh, you know, uh, does my ex? spouse have a claim to that and then what does that do to to the ownership structure they do definitely have a financial claim to your assets in yeah exactly cases. exactly Unless or you disagreements have a disagreements agreement. with you know your fellow owners troy we've experienced situations oh, where yeah. individuals have been gifted ownership and only a handful of months later there's such a disagreement that one wants to buy out the other 
and there's no formal plan for how the business should be valued or yeah. it's in the buy-sell agreement that it should be valued in a method that doesn't make sense for the type of business that, that it is. Let's exactly. say it's valued on book value <laughs> That's where the it's most purely common. services-based business. So as we said before, there's no assets, there's no book value of assets that's, uh, that's going to represent the true value of this company. Just the amount that's left after everybody makes their uh, distribution at the end of the year. That exactly makes perfect right. sense, does it not? Exactly right. Yeah, no. And that's yeah. not much if you're not if if you're like a lot of companies and you uh, distribute yeah. Yeah, the significant portion, portion of, of profits. And what we're Absolutely. really talking about here is is uh, one of the first steps that you want to take when you're engaging somebody or starting to think about planning for an exit. And it's not really necessary. We keep saying exit. The theme kind of, of of the show is really exit planning is, is just business planning. I mean, right. Absolutely. You're, you're planning Absolutely. for the exit, what you want to have happen at the end of the day. But, you know, it's similar to financial planning. It doesn't have to all be about retirement, but that's a, that's kind of the end game. But there, the steps that you take along the way to set yourself up for what that looks like is just living a good financial And that good business life. sense is what leads to a smooth and faster transition at a higher multiple or price tag when the time comes. Yeah. Yeah. And so or, one of the first steps. And, and is that really the only con- complication there? Because I would argue that if you're handing your business off to the next generation, do you want to maximize value? Yeah. It, Weird. Maybe, maybe not. It depends yeah. on kind of what the what, what the you want to. Yeah. Exactly. What you want to do is maximize after-tax value, right. which definitely could at times conflict with the absolute highest valuation you could achieve in the business. Sure. Yeah, and, and I think when we're talking about, you know, the, the five Ds, that's really just, it's risk management. You know, finding, sure. identifying the risks within your organization and putting plans in place or, or whether it's insurance policies to cope with some of this stuff. Um, you know, what, what are the things that you can do having, you know, a, a set of processes and procedures that's documented and written down? I mean, that, that something as simple as that is a huge risk management or risk mitigation tactic. Uh, and so all of these things that, that you can do as a business owner to um, kind of sidestep and, and, and mitigate some of these risks that, that come along the way is is a huge part. And that's really kind of the first step in, in starting to think about what business planning looks like for you. Um, and then, of course, you get into valuation and, sure. you know, how much is it worth? Because it's important to know that. Um, and Well, in the process of creating that uh, understanding about valuation, you also go through a bit of a practice that lets you know how you could add value to the business. A a good financial analyst that's going to walk you through the steps and why the decisions uh, behind the scenes and the calculations were made the way they were is going to talk to you about ways that you might enhance the value of your business. And that's one of the things that when Nick and I sit down with a business owner uh, or a potential buyer of a business that we can discuss with them. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think when when owners a lot of times think about the value of their business, they're coming at it from a multiple angle. You know, what, what's oh yeah, uh, you know, my, oh my was at the country club and you know playing golf with a guy, and he says that he got eight times EBITDA for his business. Yeah, number well, one, what is EBITDA? Earnings yeah. before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Wow, look at KC show off. That's that. precisely what wow. it is. It's kind of a a, a, a 
cheap way to get to cash flow. Right. And that's what all investors want. They right. want a stream of future cash flows and what's it worth to me today. Yep. I mean, that, you know, you can't really winnow down the calculation of value for any investment any better than that. Um, but quite often, what you lose in considering that is everybody is every business that's going to be sold at this multiple growing at the same rate no, no is every business that generates that level of ebitda as profitable as the next it's like we could Absolutely we could ask a hundred questions right now to different differentiate your business right. what's the cyclicality of it do you have customer concentration issues yeah. how big is how it? big is it yeah uh, i mean it the, the the questions can be seemingly endless which all have a play into what your business is worth what right. your multiple will be can be it's not you can't just and we we've deal with this all the time you can't just slap a a general multiple for a business on there um and and expect to get anywhere near that yeah and yeah. tying tying that back into kind of the personal financial planning aspect of it which again is kind of where i'm sitting at the table coming at it from you know a lot of times even if you can get the multiple that you want or think that the business is worth how does that translate to cash flow to you as the individual? Because most of the time you're not going to get just a lump sum payout of whatever the, the agreement Precisely. is because, you know, uh, to, to Nick's point earlier, it's all about not only interest, but, but ability to pay for the business. And if you can't get financing or financing is hard to come by through a traditional source like a bank, then a lot of times the owner has to kind of self-finance that. Sure, that's very common. Yeah, so continuing to kind of work in the business and and earn out, um, you know, your your share of, of whatever the the value that you end up getting for the sale uh, or an installment sale situation. So, and some of those things might be actually better for you because you can kind of take smaller bites of the apple in terms of the the tax hit. Right. Um, so sometimes maybe it, it what sounds like a better deal to get a I'm just throwing out a number, $10 million lump sum offer for your business. Um, but maybe somebody else has given you uh, a smaller number, but it's going to be, you know, bite-sized sure. chunks and you can manage the taxes better. It's not, not all valuations are equal, I guess is my point. Yeah. And, and to me, what this brings to mind is we, we've touched on, on a, a handful of, of elements of exit planning and business uh, good business sense, as you say, KC, but it's a complicated process, right? Sure. So it's important to involve professionals with you. Uh, you know, us going through the SEPA curriculum, you know, they kind of train you to be the quarterback because, you know, not, no one person is qualified to tackle any, you know, all of these elements of, of an exit plan. No. So it's important to have the professionals in place. You know, we're talking tax strategy here. Mm-hmm. We're talking business valuation. We're talking financial planning. We're talking accounting. Uh, you know, it, it goes on and on. Estate planning, legal, insurance. Um, it's a very complex uh, situation for you to deal with. So starting it early helps you to not be overwhelmed with all these different pieces that I need to approach and put together into exactly. one cohesive, you know, plan. And, you know, hire, you know, pay a professional. Do it the right way. Make sure that you have all your bases covered to do it in a way that benefits you to the greatest extent. Absolutely. Well, and honestly, I think that that's probably why most business owners have not done the planning that they should do in order to position themselves for their eventual exit because 
it's just overwhelming. And I mean, you've met business owners; they're overwhelmed the to begin people. with, right? Sure. <laughs> I mean, all they it's all they can do to just. Uh, you know, eat, drink, sleep, breathe their business yeah. all day Tread long. Water, and I, I think it's important, too, to point out, well, there's obviously costs associated with it, but sure. it, implementing a good plan that, that strengthens your business, sure. whether it be profitability or gross sales, you'll pay for all your planning. It should. So fast. It, it should. should. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. yeah. Like, let's say it, it's one more times that multiple we talked about, you know, in, in the end of the transaction. How to more than pay for the services you're, you know, you're having to, to cover right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, you know, if if folks want to reach us, they we should probably throw out a way that they can do that. And uh, the best way is to call us. Uh, number 770-429-9166. You can ask for Casey, Nick, or Troy. Uh, we're always happy to help and some of the topics that we're we're planning to discuss in the uh future months and years to come uh valuation i mean casey you've already touched on it what's the multiple kenneth you know the old uh, rem song what's the frequency kenneth yeah uh, i think uh you know that's that's uh something from the 90s but it's still you know the multiple's not everything you need to understand what's behind it and maybe why your business is not uh, easy enough to judge by a multiple uh, for a, a market-based valuation. Uh, the all-knowing income approach to valuation, we'll talk about that at some point in the future. The benefits and pitfalls of uh, running a, a valuation there. And quite often, I, I like that approach more often than um, some of the others because it does speak more specifically to your growth and profitability. Uh, it is a calculation of future, fi- uh, you know, um, cash flows, but it also has a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, forecasting in it, which can lead to, to some issues. And then the as- asset-based uh, valuation when that makes sense. So we'll step through some of those in the future. Um, you know, topics like how can debt add value to the business? Uh, people look at you like you're crazy, like you got two heads when you say, hey, you know what? Borrowing a little bit of money can add value to your business. Yeah. Right. What? That's counterintuitive. For it sure really is. Yeah, yeah. But but there is a topic out there. I'm not going to get into it. But, uh, you know, whether or not you borrow or bring in a partner, uh, that one ties back into that same uh, topic, uh, maybe maximizing value, the tug of war between uh, paying the tax man and uh, selling your business to a stranger and, and or I the think, top valuation. You know, something else to talk about when it comes to maximizing value is actually identifying the risks in your business and how to mitigate those yeah. because that does maximize the value that you can get. Yeah. Someone who's looking to buy your business is going to try and poke holes in it to get the price down lower and lower. And if you're mitigating the risks that exist in your business and identifying them, it can help you, you know, achieve that higher price. That helps you on on both levels because the the risk being, you know, the five D's kind of thing. Um, if you can protect yourself against those, but right. also against, uh, you know, gift you a higher multiple at the end of the day. If if everything does go according to plan, then w- why not do that? Yeah, uh, one of the hot topics these days is uh, environmental, social, and governance. Uh, in large publicly traded businesses, but that actually uh, might be a consideration for a small business owner, too. Sure. Uh, uh, you know, passing the ownership to the next generation is a topic we want to discuss in the future, as well as, uh, um, you know, what if my family doesn't want any part of my business? Uh, maybe how to tie into private equity, equity, who often buys small business, and in that case, 
size does matter. Uh, they often will not look at very tiny businesses if they can't be uh, either tied into a, another company, folded in, if you will, you know, with client lists and assets. Um, so, you know, you have to be mindful of just what the size of your small business is and whether or not, you know, that might be a good target for and you. What are, what are the pros and cons of selling to or, or using any of these different strategies? You know, private equity is a good example. It's it's. Yes, you might command a higher multiple, but uh, what are they going to want out of you as the owner? You know, it's may, probably not something. We're and if you're trying to away. look over your look after your employees. employees that have been with you for a long sure. time and ensure yep. that they're they maintain jobs for the you know foreseeable future, then maybe that's not the way to go. So well, we'll get into not that. Only that. Sure. I mean, there there are some uh, some behavioral aspects to being a human being and a business owner, and one of them is leaving a legacy. Mm-hmm. Part of your legacy in in your own mind might be. Hey, I've spent all my life building this business. I want it to continue. I want this to be, you know, three generations from now that my kids can look at it and say, hey, remember, great grandpa built X, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that might be uh, one of your goals in in the future. And surely taking care of people who have helped you get there uh, quite often, instead of selling to family, you might be grooming the next business owner that you can sell to and guess what it helps you because they then can help you get paid out of the business that's right and yeah. learn in the process for their generation when they start looking for someone to buy them out of the business yeah uh so all of those topics on top of the fact with uh there's a topic i've gotten written down here would you like fries with that what uh what about buying a franchise i mean those those all come into it as well so yeah. not just exit mostly exit because we do run into so many business owners in our uh circles of business but uh, also yeah, what about buy the buy side. side yeah so uh, uh a lot of the financial planning uh will go in either direction uh but uh there's you a good introduction as to what we're gonna do with our three cents and if you guys have a topic that you'd like to hear us talk about or dive deeper into we would love to hear from you uh, yeah f- feel free to, to give us a call um you know shoot us an email something that that we can uh we can talk on the show about um you know when we we're open to doing interviews and things like that too that might come about as part of this so Absolutely. It's really uh, it's going to be an evolving thing, but we hope uh, to to do a lot more of these and and really hope to provide some good value to to our audience, business owners and and other professional advisors as well. There you go. And uh, again, that number seven seven zero four two nine nine one six six, or you can email us at drgene@hensler dot com. That's spelled D R G E N E at H E N S S L E R dot com. So guys, uh, sounds to me like a, a pretty complete thought. Let's make it a wrap. Sounds good to me. Be back soon. That's right. Thanks for listening to Our Three Cents. The Dow hit a record high. Steady. The economy. Oh, we got your back, Jack. Make a great plan, man. A real McCoy. Troy, our three cents for free. The options to pick, Nick. You need to discuss much. You got the key, KC. An exit strategy. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. 
Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.